Brick Moon Fiction presents The End of the Fucking World by Jack Moody Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle The priest wasn't ready to die. Not in this way. He mumbled every prayer he knew beneath trembling breath. His hands clasped so tight his knuckles turned white to suppress the shaking. Outside, the screams and wails of ambulances and gunshots were muffled behind the ancient stone walls of the church. It began with an earthquake, one so violent the entire planet jolted, and abysses hundreds of miles deep opened up as the earth split. Everywhere, hurricanes appeared out of thin air, and lightning storms stretched across the sky like a blanket over the eyes, igniting fires that grew as tall as skyscrapers. No one on the television knew what to make of it at first. Whatever was occurring, it was clear that nowhere in the world was spared. But then it happened. The event a massive crowd had congregated inside the church, with bodies packed into pews and spilling out until forced against the walls like pigs prepared for slaughter. The room was alight with cries and frightened murmurs as the priest stepped out and in front of the pulpit to address the emergency gathering. The ten-foot iron crucifix over his head swung back and forth on its hinge with each new tremor. The priest lifted his hands to quiet the crowd, and the vacuum created was immediately filled with the chaos building all around them outside. The stained-glass windows erupted in magnificent reds and oranges from the blazes coming closer and closer, the faces of saints weeping flames. "'Now listen, my children,' he began. "'You are here because you are good Catholics. You are pure of heart, and we are in God's home, and for that He will provide protection. In the most troubling of times—' An explosion went off somewhere close and shook the church, stifling his speech, and the cries and shouts resumed. "'Calm, everyone, calm,' he continued through the hysteria. "'In troubling times it is the test of the faithful to remain so. He is testing us. And if we stay with his love, there is nothing that will come of the wickedness around us. So all we need to do is ask ourselves, are we pure of heart?' Are there sins we need to beg he forgive? It was at that moment he saw it. A beautiful blue light, unlike anything he'd ever witnessed, began to emanate from some of the bodies before him. Those who stood next to these people stepped back in fear as if they were plague victims. Those who glowed with this light instantly changed. Something was happening. Their bodies relaxed and the terror in their faces fell away. Jesus, what's happening to them? Someone screamed, and with a quick, blinding flash, like blinking your eyes, they were gone. The packed crowd became a sliver of what it had formerly been a second before. All that remained of these glowing people were their clothes, sitting in neat little piles decorating the floor of the church. A dozen people remained before the priest, dazed, staring at each other in disbelief, it was then the priest looked down at his own hands and realized he was the thirteenth. He was still there. Someone screamed the words that he already knew but didn't know how to process. It's the fucking rapture! It's the end of the fucking world! The church now erupted in terrified howls. Oh God, please take me! Please, I'm sorry! I don't want to die! I don't deserve this! What did I do? Why am I here? Please, oh God, save me! Then for a moment, the room fell quiet. No one moved. Each person knew what the other was thinking. 
What did I do to deserve this? All at once, the unsaved rushed towards the pulpit, towards what they understood to be the only way out of this hell. They grabbed at the priest, dropping to their knees to admit the darkest secrets they had never before shared in a desperate, last-ditch effort for forgiveness. I killed a man drunk driving. I drove away. No one ever knew. Please, Father, please tell me what to do. Please forgive me. I forced my daughter to sleep with men for money. I pimped out my own daughter. Oh, Jesus, Father, please, God, forgive me. I raped a woman in college. She was blacked out and never found out who did it. She killed herself. Oh, my God. Oh, God, please, Father, please forgive my sins. I beg you, Lord, please. I killed. I sold. I cheated. I, I, I. But the priest wasn't listening. He gazed ahead, his mind an empty room, staring at the stained-glass Virgin Mary over the church doors, staring back with fiery eyes. He then gently removed the white Roman collar from around his neck, placed it on the pulpit, and sat down cross-legged on the floor. It was then that the laymen all came to the same conclusion that had already occurred to the priest. "'What are we even doing?' one cried. "'He's still here with us! The fucking priest is still here! This is pointless! We're doomed!' I'm not even a fucking Catholic, another shouted. Fuck all of this. We're left behind. There are no rules anymore. I'm living while I still can. One ran out the doors, into the sounds of a city descending into violence, and others followed. One pulled out a knife, placed it to her throat, and in tears sliced it from one side to the other, the blood spraying out like water through a crack in an aquarium. As her body dropped, the final remaining charged out of the church, electrified with rage and fear. The last man to leave grabbed the knife out of the dead woman's hand, yelling over his shoulder, Get out while you can, Father! It's every man for himself now! It's the end of the fucking world! And as the doors slammed shut, there was silence. The priest stood up, stepped over the body, and went into the back room. He sat down at his desk, opened up the drawer, and looked down at the two items waiting there for him. After a moment of hesitation, he pulled out a bottle of scotch, unscrewed the top, and took a long drink. And he began to pray. This went on for hours, drinking and praying and trembling as the sounds of death and destruction intensified outside the church walls. The unsaved of the world had reverted to their base nature. Nowhere was safe any longer. Soon they would come. He'd read the book of Revelations. He knew what awaited humanity. His eyes weighed heavy when the noise shook him alert. Someone had entered the church, making no attempt at subtlety. The aggressive slam and clanking of objects and heavy footsteps arched over the apocalypse they'd entered from, echoing off the walls. This shot the priest back to attention, his body frozen like a deer staring at the wolf, waiting for it to charge. There were screams now, anguished screams, not of pain or distress, but of anger. The priest stood up, and without thought reached into his desk for the item he'd earlier chosen the bottle over. It was cold and felt alien to him. He crept towards the closed door, behind which he told himself could be no worse than anything else that was to lie ahead. With his ear pressed against the wood he could make out a single voice, jabbering to himself and grunting, having some sort of fit as he could hear the dull thwacks of his kicks landing against the pews. The priest didn't quite know what he was going to do, but if the man were indeed alone, he could handle him. He would have to. 
As the priest swung open the door, he pointed the barrel of the six-shooter snub-nosed revolver out in front of his chest and emitted what he hoped was a frightening war cry, but what came out was more an involuntary yelp one might let loose after stubbing a toe. Yow! The intruder whipped around, instinctually flinging his arms up in the air as if used to this sort of situation, and yelled, Whoa! Wait, wait, wait! Hold up, man! Then paused and finished with, Wait, are you a fucking priest? Before dropping back down to his sides. The fuck are you doing with that thing? Protection! The priest barked. For... for... He cocked his head like a confused dog, shaking off the adrenaline to take in what stood before him. Hey, uh, I ask the questions here, all right? Okay, Padre, the intruder said, inching closer. Put down that thing and I'll answer whatever questions you've got. The priest's revolver stayed aimed at the man's chest, a gangly, pale young man wearing all black. Not black in the way one would wear to commit a crime, but in a way that it suited their fashion sense. His hair matched his outfit, draping long and straight down to his shoulders. Tattoos masked across his face like doodles on a school desk, a badly drawn pentagram etched in red over his forehead. Hail Satan was scrawled above his left eyebrow. You know what's going on outside? he hissed, closing a gap between himself and the armed priest as he spoke. Bet you saw this coming, huh? With that fucking book and that god of yours? Congratulations, you fucking fear peddler. You got what you all asked for. The priest had lost the ability to speak, shaking and focusing firstly on keeping the little strength remaining in his legs from giving out. But the question is, the stranger smiled, is what a holy man of God, he threw up his hands and glanced up at the church ceiling, is doing down here with us sinners. Did you miss your ride? Or what did the holy man do? Huh? The priest was consumed with fear, unable to notice how close the man was getting to the gun in his hand. The stranger continued talking, distracting the priest as he eyed the weapon coming closer to arm's length. See, father, how about this? I'm sure I'm a bit overdue for a confession. That's what you do, right? Just wipe away all my sins if I let you in so you have some dirty little secrets to jerk off to later and I can go right back to it with a clear conscience. Well, Papa, I'm still here because I'm a Satanist. See? He pointed to the barely legible font over his eye and formed his right hand into devil horns. Hail Satan, baby. So I chose my fate. But it'll all pay off. You know why? Because when the Dark Lord comes, he's taking me with him to sit by the throne. The rage within the priest bubbled up, and his strength began to return to him. You're a monster, he shouted. You're the reason this is happening. The scum of Sodom and Gomorrah. Your kind doomed us all. The Satanist laughed. I'd suggest you take a look at yourself before using those kinds of words, father. This struck renewed dread into the priest, enough to lower the weapon down to his target's stomach as he choked on his breath. It was at this moment that the Satanist leapt at the priest, reaching for the revolver as he slammed his body against him. The priest fell to the ground, the gun sliding across the church floor a few feet away from the two. Seeing this, both men launched themselves across the ground, crawling on their bellies in a desperate grapple for survival. Just as the younger man's fingertips touched its handle, the priest reared up and threw a punch into the side of his head. With a violent crack, the Satanist's head twisted on impact and slammed against the carpeting. 
The priest stood up and let fly kick after kick into his opponent's ribs over and over, crying out, spittle flinging from his mouth until the young man stopped moving. He reached down for the gun, straightened himself out, and returned aim at the incapacitated body. The acidic burn of vomit bubbled up in his stomach as he tried to catch his breath. His fist pulsed and ached. He had never hit a man before. It felt like connecting with a brick wall. Now get up, the priest ordered, steadying the barrel through convulsing trembles. In the name of God, get up, you heathen! The Satanist stirred, groaned, and slowly lifted himself onto his haunches. Okay, okay, he relented, holding up a hand in defeat. Don't shoot. You can't. That's a sin, Father, remember? It's a little late for that, the priest said. There's nothing stopping me anymore, is there? Was that the only thing keeping you from all of it? The Satanist choked out, spitting up blood onto the floor. So Big Daddy wouldn't smite you? That says a lot, doesn't it? Enough, the priest roared. Why are you here? Why aren't you out there with the rest of the sodomites laying waste to what's left? The Satanist steadied himself, answering, I came to burn it down. The church, said the priest. You fought your way through the end of times to burn what will already be no doubt toppled at any moment? Yes, the Satanist let out a labored chuckle, showing the blood filling up the spaces between his teeth. To show my lord favor, to show him I'm worthy to come with him instead of being left with the rest of you to die. A fool's errand, the priest spat. Where then is your equipment? With what were you planning on committing this pointless errand? I was forced to leave my bag behind on my way here. Uh, you haven't stepped outside yet, have you? It's worse than you can imagine. I'm lucky I made it here alive at all. Then what was your plan B? Why did you come here at all? The Satanist paused, pressing gingerly against his broken rib. I don't... know. I don't know. Tell me why I shouldn't kill you now for my own survival. Or force you back out there to be fed to the wolves while I stay here and die with dignity as a repentant Christian. Because... the Satanist hesitated. Because I have a way we both may live? It's the rapture, scoffed the priest, feeling the last semblance of hope drain from within him. What possible way is there in the face of the four horsemen? A bunker, he replied. There's a bunker. Not far from here. We can wait out whatever will come in there. It was my parents. My parents are dead. Couldn't have been much of a bunker then. I killed my parents, the young man said with a blank expression, as if he were chatting about the weather. This seemed like a fine time to do it. They were a different kind of evil. Just because of what I believe doesn't mean I don't have my own moral code, father. They deserved it more than anyone. The priest didn't know how to answer this. He was quickly learning to have no surprise when it came to the depths of the darkness in men's souls. The Satanist stood. I can't get back there without a weapon. It's a war out there. I need your gun and you need safety. Then maybe you can, I don't know, pray your way back to Jesus or whatever shit you plan on doing afterward. The Satanist held out a tentative, blood-stained hand. So what do you say? 
Do we have a deal, Padre? The world he once knew was unrecognizable as the priests stepped outside the church doors. The street was littered with abandoned cars, shattered glass, and mangled bodies blanketing the spaces between. The sky was a deep, bloody crimson, as if someone had torn the skin off the atmosphere and what remained was the vast, open wound. Lightning strikes filled the horizon, cracking down with such force that the priest imagined the very earth might split in two. Sirens rang off in the distance, but already in the time since it began the sound had become a soft cry compared to before. He wasn't sure if people had simply given up on trying to help, or that there weren't enough people left alive to do so. What did fill the air more than anything was the sound of gunfire. Automatic weapons spitting from all directions, the sporadic popping of handguns and rifles like fireworks, bombs exploding and collapsing buildings. The sprawling city skyline that once stood was no longer there, decimated beyond recognition. The earth was dying. Come on, the Satanist slapped the priest's shoulder to grab his attention. We gotta move fast. Keep that thing close. You know how to use it? Point and shoot, the priest mumbled. All right, good. It's this way. We're going to take the side streets for as long as we can. The pair continued on, traversing through abandoned alleyways and the backyards of dead families. The first thing the priest noticed after a time was that their environment was devoid of animals. No birds in the sky, squirrels darting to and fro, rats huddled underneath car hoods. There were no family dogs sprawled out dead in the front yards of burnt-down houses. No bodies at all. Mother Nature had just vanished. I saw it happen, the Satanist whispered as they crept past a group of survivors gutting a man in the middle of the street as he screamed for his mother. A golden retriever standing guard outside the front door of its house. This great blue light wrapped all around it, and then all of a sudden it was gone. All that was left was its collar and the crows on the telephone lines over me. All at once they disappeared. Poof. God's creatures, the priest whispered back. God's perfect creatures. They have no ego, no impure desires. They just live. After Adam and Eve were banished, they were the only beings to remain in the Garden of Eden. Animals are free of sin. It's only humanity that's being punished. Yeah, what about dolphins? said the Satanist. What? Dolphins. I heard they're always raping. Gang-raping scuba divers and shit. You never heard about that? Apparently it's a problem. The priest paused. Well, we haven't stopped by the aquarium. Maybe they're still there. Hmm. Maybe. After a number of unimpeded shortcuts, they came to a main road. The two were hunched down behind a car with the driver's lifeless body hanging over the open window. We need to do this quick. There are people everywhere and we won't be hidden. The priest peeked over the body to survey ahead of him. I don't see anyone. They're there, the Satanist mumbled, waiting for easy prey to come along. But we're not easy prey, are we? The priest was silent. Well, his companion hissed. Are we, Padre? No, he managed. Good. Look, we get past this and we're home free. It's just a few more blocks in that direction. You need to fucking pray or something? Or are your balls where you need them? I'm done praying, the priest responded flatly. He reached into his robes and withdrew the revolver, staring at it for a moment. That's fine with me, said the Satanist, because you're going first. 
Shoot at anything that moves. I'll be right behind you. We've gotten this far, so don't fuck this up and get us killed. The priest gazed ahead at the abandoned road. It was the widest road he'd ever seen, expanding farther and farther the longer he looked at it. Okay, he breathed out. Give me a count to three. Really, man? Just fucking do it. Just give me a count. I'll go on three. All right, then, the Satanist snapped. One, three. Before he understood what was happening, the priest was thrust into the open, into the gaze of death. He thought to scream at the Satanist for the betrayal, but before the words could leave his mouth, the street became alive with the sounds of gunfire, raining down upon him and pinging sharply against the worn metal of the car behind him. He took off running, stumbling across the debris as the men of the apocalypse all at once revealed themselves from their hiding spots, and they converged upon him. He fell to the ground, crawling on hands and knees as the shouts of murder and bloodlust twisted around the loudest voice among them. Fucking shoot back, you idiot! The priest held out the revolver in the general direction of his assailants before immediately jumping back to his feet and taking off across the line of fire. He was almost to safety when the forceful sting of a bullet struck him in the shoulder and he fell just short of the other side, rolling across the asphalt, and skidded to a harsh stop. That's when it happened. It was the loudest noise he'd ever heard. Like a thousand jets taking off at once, like the weight of the earth dropping upon itself. It shook the ground like no earthquake in history, a continuous single note, blaring until the air vibrated, piercing through the chaos, enveloping it. The sound of a trumpet. The gunfire stopped. The screaming ceased. There was nothing else. The priest stood and turned to see the Satanist still on the other side of the road, standing now and looking around in awe, trying to find the source of the otherworldly sound. The men who had previously tried to kill him had dropped their weapons, staring up in confusion or fear. For a moment the trumpet stopped, and the air was thick with approaching dread. Then again it sounded, growing louder now. When the second trumpet ended... The priest screamed into the brief silence, Run! It's coming! The third trumpet call exploded into the sky as the Satanist caught up and took off ahead of the priest down a cluttered alleyway. It's this way! Come on! The two sprinted through the rubble until coming upon a small field behind an unassuming two-story house. This is it! The Satanist shouted, pointing to a metal door with a wheel lock fastened to the middle. The fourth trumpet's call ripped through the earth, and the Satanist spun the wheel, tearing open the reinforced entrance to the bunker. Get in, man! The priest almost toppled over onto his companion as he tripped down the stairs, slamming the door shut behind him, sucking out the sounds of the final moments of mankind. A single light bulb hanging above the room illuminated either the pair's tomb or salvation. They sat down across from each other on the concrete floor, surrounded by shelves of imperishable food, and gallons of drinking water and gasoline. Two modest single cots sat side by side in one corner. The fifth trumpet blared, still audible ten feet beneath the earth. What is that? said the Satanist. The seven trumpets of the apocalypse, replied the priest. It's all ending now. What happens then? We die, said the priest. The words struck both men, and their faces dropped. Is this what it feels like waiting to be executed? 
asked the Satanist. Only we aren't sure if the chair will short-circuit. The sixth trumpet roared above them. There was a moment of silence as the note erupted. Look, the Satanist stammered. It hardly matters now, but... What? said the priest, studying the fear painted across his counterpart's face. I... I don't want to die. No one does. No, I... I didn't come to the church for what I said I did. The priest stared into the Satanist's eyes, puzzled. What do you mean? I came to the church to... to ask for forgiveness. When all those people just disappeared and I didn't... I mean, I know why I didn't, but... I'm scared. I came looking for... Maybe there was still a way out. But of course there's not. All he ever was was a punisher. All Old Testament, just death and evil. If he created us in his image, that's what they say, right? Then what the fuck else did he expect us to do? He's as wicked as the rest of us, so fuck him. Fuck him. The Satanist stuck two middle fingers in the air and screamed at the ceiling of the bunker, Fuck you! I don't want your fucking forgiveness. You fucking left us all here to die. You fucking made me like this. I didn't have a fucking say, so fuck you. The priest didn't answer. The fucking priest can't even make your goddamn standards, then fuck you. The energy was draining from the Satanist's words. Fuck it, then. I deserve to be here, the priest spoke up. Oh, don't give me that Catholic guilt shit. No, the first time I did it, I was so ashamed that I went out and bought this gun. He brandished the weapon, spun the cylinder, and popped it out from its socket. It was loaded only with a single bullet. I loaded that in there, spun the cylinder, and pulled the trigger. It didn't go off, obviously. After the second time I did it, I didn't spin the cylinder. After the second time I raped a child, I kept that bullet loaded and placed this gun under my desk, knowing I wasn't going to stop, and that for when they caught me, I'd have that bullet to use on myself. The Satanist laughed. I knew it. I fucking knew it. You're evil. You sick fucking pedophile. You deserve this death. I should have just killed you right off. You're right, said the priest. I probably am. But so are you. We're both sinners here. I guess we are. But I'm not you. We're not the same evil, even if we're going to the same place. I still fucking hate you. Above the earth, the final trumpet of the apocalypse sounded, tearing a hole in the fabric of the universe. Yeah said the priest, spitting on the concrete floor between them, eyeing the revolver in his hand. I fucking hate you, too. Jack Moody is a short story writer, poet, and freelance journalist from wherever he happens to be at the time. He has had work published in multiple magazines and journals, including the Saturday Evening Post. He didn't go to college. He likes his privacy. He doesn't have social media. Don't ask him to make one. Contact him at j.moody9116 at gmail.com. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, 
Sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.